0: podcasting from both being in the federated states of micronesia this is the micronesian podcast a podcast about the people music, and music events of this beautiful part of the pacific i am your host patrick petters just a micronesian with a microphone thanks for joining me today on episode number 69 let's get into it Okay, first story I wanted to share was published in the Pacific Island Times, titled is Tuna Producers Worry About Human Drug Trafficking, and that reminds me though when I read that about the cocaine, or supposed cocaine, that washed ashore, or not washed ashore, but was was pulled in by the nets of, uh, net of fishermen in the Marshall Islands just recently, and according to um, the Marshall Islands Journal, it was estimated to be $15 but then I've seen other sources say $4 million. So anyways, it basically it's cocaine and it shouldn't be there. Uh, but this it just reminds me of it because here, the CEO of the Parties to the Nauru Agreement, which is basically eight countries, island countries here in the Pacific of one of which we are a part of, is along with the Marshall Islands in Palau, and the CEO named... Ludwig Komoru uh, said that the the fishing industry or fisheries officials agree that it is also part it is also their responsibility to adopt measures to police the fishing industry to ensure that organized crime has no place in the western and central pacific ocean absolutely i agree with that and also he went on to say on the high seas And this is interesting there is a lack of regulation and control measures yeah I can can see that to verify fish transshipment this allows a possibility for fishing vessels to undertake a multitude of illegal activities such as drug transportation human trafficking and illegal unreported and unregulated fishing what about the observers anyways uh, I totally agree with these guys you know this is really important especially for us island nations And if you remember in a previous podcast, I shared a little bit about the PNA, who they are, parties to the Nauru agreement, those eight countries who collectively hold the largest sustainable per saint tuna fishery. And depending on who you speak to, anywhere between 50 to 70% of the global skipjack tuna. That's huge, man. That's a shitload. And so, so important for us to be monitoring and surveilling our our seas and making sure that these fishing vessels are doing what they're supposed to do. And just this week, actually happening this week, December 10th to the 14th, the Tuna Commission, which, it, oh, by the way, is headquartered here in, in Pompeii, uh, they'll be having their annual meeting where they're going to discuss these things, the measures that they uh, come up with. Uh, and uh, what was was done and maybe new measures and recommendations uh, so it's good to know that our fishing industry organizations like tuna commission the pna and even our very own norma national oceanic or is it oceanographic uh, resources management authority fsm is, is is actively engaged actively engaged watching these waters making sure That those fishing vessels not only don't do anything illegal, you know, in terms of drugs and human trafficking because they have observers there, but also they are constantly monitoring them. And I think that's an awesome, awesome thing. And monitoring that at the same time, making money, you know, uh, getting those vessel day schemes where they pay up front to fish a certain number of days i think it's five thousand dollars or eight thousand dollars a day that's huge man so we gotta remember these things uh we should be all grateful for the fact that we have these things in place there are systems in place to take care of this natural precious resource that we have and also very tasty i might add the tuna just amazing all right and over in yap uh this is a beautiful story uh i don't know if many of you know that the pma pacific missionary aviation uh they do passenger flights there but they also do what needed search and rescue missions and there's been a lot of uh, need for that recently um people getting lost out at sea uh, when they go out missing uh, fishing and you know sometimes they pick them up and sometimes you don't find them uh, which is unfortunate Um, But PMA has uh, come up with this very ingenious way. Um, Well, first off, they have these personal location beacons. And then uh, they cost about $290 each, which is a lot of money, especially for folks who are fishermen and live on the outer islands. Uh, So, you know, yeah, they have a lot of outer islands there. So $290 uh, that's a lot of money but PMA came up with a very ingenious way to to not only deliver rice uh, to these folks when the government ship broke down but also to make a little profit to buy these personal location beacons and this is what it says um this is right after the government ship broke down At the end of 2017, in an effort to meet basic food needs of the island residents, PMA began supplying them with rice. An idea was born to use a small profit on the rice to purchase the PLB's personal location beacon. So whenever there's a flight to Unity and FICE that has any space available, PMA fills the remaining space with 20 pounds sacks of rice donating the freight costs so that the people on the receiving end can purchase the price, the rice for the same price they would pay on the main island. By purchasing the rice in bulk quantities of 100 bags at a time, PMA receives a 10% discount, bringing the rice down to approximately $8 per bag. That's not bad for twenty dollars The bags are then resold to the island residents for $10 and for every sack sold, $2 profit goes towards purchasing the PLB so far. They've raised enough money to buy 18 PLBs. That's, that's beautiful. And they've also been able to purchase small pelican cases to keep the PLBs dry. So basically the way this PLB works, in the event of an actual mer- emergency, the beacon will send its location via satellite to the search and rescue authorities who will contact PMA and verify the emergency. And as soon as it is confirmed with the coordinates from the PLB, they'll be able to track them, find them, and rescue them. Awesome. Good job, PMA, on coming up with very nice uh, solution to this. Okay, here's my take on something that just recently happened uh, over in Guam regarding a couple and two men. Uh, doesn't give uh, any details except their names, but uh, the men were using, as described in the article on the Guam Daily Post, slingshots, uh, not with projectiles. So you be the you be the judge on where these guys are from. But anyways, now. Uh, clearly a a case of road rage if you read uh, if you read from yesterday it came out yesterday and then today there was a second there was a video that came out that showed another side of the story so there are basically two sides of the stories and if you read the guam daily post um it should be up there with the two stories one story has the couple um claiming that these guys um assaulted them in their car and then took off they took off apparently the husband uh, does claim that he struck one of them but then he says he, he and his wife took off then they went to uh, a gas station I think it's a mobile gas station and these guys followed them there started shooting projectiles steel projectiles metal projectiles from their slingshots uh, hitting the mobile gas station their car they called the cops and then that's the end of it other story is um, and this is supported by video actually uh, that uh, the husband and wife um, apparently was road rage uh, they were parked uh, shouting something at each other uh, but there's a video that shows the car of the husband the uh, husband, the wife the husband gets out, walks back towards the two guys, uh, swings at one of the guys, he ducks underneath the car then uh, of course um the car for the husband and wife That uh, the trunk is open He gets out Gets back into the car These guys get out of their car Go towards him He backs out Almost hits them And then Go backs out all the way They're chasing him And then I don't know uh, The people that are filming They're like Oh my god As he's, as he's pushing away uh, Almost like You know He probably almost hit them um, So And then They follow them And apparently, the guy also punches one of the guys in the car, the husband, in the face. And then hits the other guy with a tire iron. Um, And then they start doing their slingshot battle. And then the cops come in. But, um, hey, my take on this, you know, it's good that there's a video out there. It's good to uh, hear both stories. I don't think either of them are justified in what they did. Clearly, a police... a case of road rage so if you're out there on the roads folks we all get pissed off everybody gets mad on the road you know but what can we do right i mean are we gonna chase people and shoot them with slingshots are we gonna hit other people with tire irons let this be a really good lesson for those of us here in the islands uh, and even out there in the states uh listening it's not worth it um both both the the driver and one of the guys from the husband and one of the guys from you know the two guys uh, are in jail and the other guy who was struck and hit by a tire iron is in the hospital so nothing but bad things come out of this you know we're all adults of course it's good to hear both sides though especially on social media and on the news it's good to see that they're putting both stories up and we can Take a look and see, not to judge, but just to see the story progressing from yesterday till today and then with the addition of the video. All right, take care. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the Micronesian Podcast with Patrick Pedris. Your Micronesian with a microphone. If you like our show and want to know more, You can visit my website at themicronesian.com and subscribe to future episodes there. See you on the next podcast.